Yes! Hello, everybody! <laughs> Jeez, that was clipping. And welcome to the We Only Do One Take podcast. It is the only podcast in the world that is a complete shit show. I am Turchin with me live once again in the studio. He's my co-host and CEO. And the man that puts the lime in the coconut and drinks it all up. It's Kieran. How you doing? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was not bad, that one, eh? <laughs> Oh, that was not too bad. That was pretty good. Uh, good to be back again. Another week. It is budget week. It is budget week, and we do have. Actu- I do actually have some budget news. Yeah. As the uh, the CFO, I had to go through the budget looking for the We Only Do One Take podcast allotment. Yeah. Uh, they said the check is in the mail. Oh, fantastic! Which I'm very worried about. My. <laughs> Uh, going to Canberra and talking to those politicians and getting but, uh, finances for the show um, has paid off, which is excellent. But people did not watch the budget. Oh, you know what? It was on... Because Married at First <laughs> Sight was on. That is more important than people tuning in to listen to the you budget. Know, I, saw an, uh, uh, I saw an article that went around multiple news websites about Married at First Sight. And it's like, you won't believe how many hours you've wasted watching Married at First Sight. And I'm just like, yeah, I could say that about work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at least, at least I'm getting something, you know, stupid out of, you know, zoning out a little bit and get to watch it with my partner. Mm. You know, some good, good, good boy points with mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Married, Married at First Sight with your partner. Yeah. And you get to have a bit of a laugh and psychoanalyze people. I was disappointed. I was speaking to one of my friends who happens to be a, a psychologist. Oh, who would right? have thought? <laughs> and uh, I haven't haven't spoken to her in a long time. And then she goes, "Oh, now I've got to I've got to go because Married at First Sight's about to start." Yeah. I was like, "What? I think? Oh, unbelievable! I think there does come a point where you just need something trashy and terrible to watch just to turn off." I mean, otherwise, why would we do this podcast? <laughs> there's, there's a very fine line between the shit that we do and the uh, and the trashy TV that's <laughs> on there. Uh, we are not trash TV. We are high po- quality trash journalism. Po- yeah, trash we podcast. are like a current affair. That is <laughs> that is what we are like. Uh, you know what? Um, I don't want to be uh, part of the show anymore. Actually, we're, we're going to be confessing. Even better. We're today tonight. Tonight. We're the to- rip-off of the current <laughs> affair. You know what, though? 60 Minutes in Australia has definitely gone downhill. They're definitely leading towards that path down to t- uh, 60 Minutes and today tonight. 60 Minutes has always been crap. I think in the 1990s, like 90s, early 2000s, it did have a bit more credibility. But, like... It has never had credibility. It has had perception of credibility. I think so. But it has never had credibility. Mm. Either way, I think it's got even less credibility now. Fair enough. Oh, I've got an update on the Michael Jackson thing. Okay. You know how you we were talking about it and I was complaining this and that? And, and I think I talked about, like, they threw out the pictures of the defense mm. in the nineteen uh, the 2003 case, mm. 2004 case. They... Th- the defense decided not to use the pictures of Michael Jackson's penis as evidence. Yeah, right. Because the kids, like, couldn't identify, mm-hmm. like, you know, describe the penis. I found out exactly what they couldn't identify. Yeah. So all of the six accusers stated that the penis was circumcised mm-hmm. and Michael Jackson's penis is not circumcised. Oh, there you go. Imagine, like, if that doesn't vindicate the man, 100%. Like, they can't, like, you know what? 
I would say most people, like even uh, especially young boys, would definitely know the difference between a circumcised and uncircumcised penis. Like they've either got a circumcised. Well, penis. one's got more skin. Yeah, but like, and one doesn't have as much skin. But they've either got they've got a penis. They know if they're circumcised or not. Mm. So if they saw another person's penis, they would definitely know if it looks like theirs or not. Yeah, and they could tell which one. So for all of them to get it one hundred percent wrong. On a basically 50-50, and I would even say 100% they should know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. Set him free. And some more discrepancies have come aboard. Like, I think um, one of the accusers said, oh, he, he molested me at the station. Like, they have a train. Mm-hmm. And Neverland, mm-hmm. in, 1990, in 1992, he molested me at the station. one of the uh, biographers of Michael Jackson came out and said, "Um, you do realize the station's building permit, which means it wasn't built yet, it was about to be built, was approved in 1993 for the station. Uh Uh (laughs) Which means it was built in 1994, so this is a two-year discrepancy. (laughs) And two years is pretty, it's a pretty big discrepancy. Well, the fact that he said it was definitely at the station, Mm. and it wasn't even there when he was there, Gets you off. False memories, people. False memories. We won't go down that pathway. (laughs) But the budget has been gone through. I'm disappointed in Scott Morrison. Do you know why? Why? I thought he would have played dirty politics, delivered the budget Tuesday night, Mm. and then on Wednesday, gone to the Governor General and called the election and denied Bill Shorten of his speech. Um, I think he did it because he actually... From what I understand, for most of it, it doesn't seem like a terrible budget. The, I guess the biggest draw card for his budget is that it's in surplus. But it's Mind not in surplus yet. No, but, no. Mind it, mind it. The listeners don't care about this crap. Oh, look. The only thing is I'm going to say is... I'm going to say two things. I'm going to say this, yeah. and then I'm going to, I've got... I do have some budget, more budget. Excellent. Effect. One, the budget's going to be $7.1 million in surplus at the end. The million end. or billion? Million. I thought it was billion. There's no way it could be $7.1 billion in surplus. It's like $7.1 million, I'm pretty sure. Oh, who cares? It's a, what's the difference between a million and a billion? Ah, oh, look, just a rounding error. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. But I'll quickly do... It, this is one of my stories for today. Mm-hmm. And then you can get on... I'm pretty sure you, you said you had a rant. We had a story anyway. I have a story. I've got a, I got a, I got a bit of a story later on. But I'll tell you the budget news right now. So I scoured through, I looked at it all, all the important bits. Yep, all the important bits. And I found the most important part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the federal budget will be devoting $27.5 million to killing ants. <laughs> <laughs> so in the announcement of the federal budget... shit like this, right? <laughs> And I love it. Like, it just... It's brilliant. Yes, continue. So anyway, announcing the federal budget, the government has decided to dedicate millions of dollars to eradicating three species of ants from Australian shores. It didn't feature in uh, treasure, in the Treasurer's uh, budget speech, but it turns out the government has set aside uh, $27.5 million to target three separate ant-related issues. Would you like to know about these ants? Oh, tell me about the ants. <laughs> okay, so they're going to get rid of across the whole of Australia, red fire ants, which are highly aggressive and have a venomous sting to kill their prey, and they're going to be devote, uh, um, allotting $18.3 million over three years. Mm-hmm. 
They're well, gonna... they get rid of the ants in the kitchen. No, are no, they no. the ants? Well, how does this infect me? Uh, get rid of the ants that well, come into one. the kitchen. So how's this one? They're also getting rid of the yellow crazy ants, and this is actually building on a 2016 election commitment. It's one of the world's most 100 evasive species, and they've threatened like lots of animals. So they're going to be getting uh, 9.2 million dollars <laughs> over three years. And finally, so but then I added that up, mm. and that's eighteen point three and nine point two is twenty seven point five. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's still a third species of ants. Yeah, what's going on here? So there's a third species of ants, the yeah. Argentine ants, which uh-huh. are very vain, and they're going to provide an additional extra eight point four million dollars over two years to service the tiny island, which is off the coast, mm-hmm. which just has these ants, and it's causing um this biosecurity threat or something like that. Which means they're actually devoting more than $27.5 million to get rid of ants in Australia, of certain kind of ants in Australia. And you're absolutely right. There are n- they're not getting rid of the ants in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. They're not getting the regular ants. Yeah. They're just getting rid of these three. That's right. pretty amazing. I 30 million you, bucks. I want you to throw two questions at me, right? Certainly. Pretend I'm a government minister for the government right now. Mm-hmm. Grill me about the ants, right? This discrepancy in the money, right? Okay, cool. Do you or do do you or do you not care about the effects of these ants on the black population of Australia? Is that a good question? <laughs> I can answer <laughs> That's this. That's a stupid. No, no. Uh, we've uh, th- uh, twenty twenty-seven point five million dollars has been missing from the budget recently, and it's un on unspecified gas <laughs> gases. <laughs> To eradicate things. Can the government general explain this to the to the parliament? <laughs> this government is getting it done for all <laughs> Australians. We are providing the best budget in 12 years because it's going to be in surplus. And that's better for you and everyone else. And we're eradicating the three dangerous ants. They're not coming into Australia. They're staying off our shores. I, I, I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. They've got three years to do this. Yeah. I want a follow-up. Stop the ants. <laughs> Stop the votes. Stop, Stop the, the ants. ants. <laughs> More quarantine right. on, on Now I'll be the Labor Minister. Yeah. Right? Come on, ask me this question. Do you or do you not care about the eradication <laughs> of these ants? This government is not spending enough money on eradicating ants. If I came into power, we would spend a hundred million on eradicating ants. We would get rid of the kitchen ants. <laughs> see, I could do politics. Done. No, no, see, I would just redirect it all, all all over and just be like, "Well, you know what? I understand the eradication of these ants, but my government would have easily decided to eradicate mosquitoes in in Australia instead." <laughs> Oh, mosquitoes are not necessary for any eco-environment. They've proven that many a time. Uh, And uh, how fantastic would it be to not have your girlfriend complain that they've got mosquito bites on their feet? Yep, that's... uh, You know they do that in Italy? Really? They they, um, spray for... They got rid of all the mosquitoes. Yeah, they spray for mosquitoes. It's it's part of the um, state government's, like, all, you know regional government sort of thing and each region decides has basically said yeah we're going to do it and oh. became I'm pretty sure it became federal oh there you go more progressive they might have a sh- <laughs> they might have everyone on welfare but the <laughs> Jesus Christ there's no mosquitoes 
No, yeah. Well, there you go. So you got a story for us? Well, I've got a story and a rant. Uh, Turch, you need to step it up. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. You need to. You need this to has been the most consistent <laughs> run of our podcast. It's been up every Thursday. What am I missing, Kieran? What am I missing? I read this article and I thought, you know what? Church could be providing a greater service. All right, I come to your house. You're not very hospitable. Oh no! Right, how's your coffee? You know, no, you're <laughs> drinking a beer. Where's my beer? You give me coffee. Unbelievable. No, no, it's not. I'm not drinking at the moment. Mum hand feeds son, who is too busy with non-stop gaming. <laughs> I'm not fucking feeding you. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm running this podcast here. I'm, I'm doing just as much, if not I more. I am turning up, coming all the way from Ballarat to be here. No dinner's cooked. You know what? Where's the love? Excuse me. Where is the feeding? And, and um, I'm getting it done for all our podcast Fine, listeners. Look, getting it done for all the wankers out there. You know what? Speaking of wankers, I'll give you a hand job. There we go. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Is that what you really want? I will accept. <laughs> That's we pretty will good. Record it live on the podcast. <laughs> Can we do? It? <laughs> you know, <laughs> is it just a fat guy walking, or is it Kieran getting wanked, uh, jacked off? You tell us, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> uh, well, in the Philippines, yeah. What would you do if you had a child addicted to video games? One mother in Cabernet Yuan. Yeah. Nivea Ixia. Instead... Oh, God, that... No, oh, that's her name. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, instead of being irritated by her son's addiction, she has seemingly accepted it and opts to continue taking care of him through feeding him. There you go. That's pretty... You know what, though? Oh, shit. If more... It's more than ever right now, mm. it has never been more lucrative to play video games. Oh, yeah. It's, could... so, it's so lucrative. Like, there's people that... You know, um, stream online eight hours a day hmm. and people donate to them they get money this and that they go to competitions like you know I think esports definitely growing is one of the being one of the, you know from what it was I think like you know um, Korea have um, Starcraft or Star something like that competitions I've got no idea right I've got no idea Other but it's than- a huge huge thing like millions of dollars in prize money and, you know, yeah. online streaming and stuff like that. There's millions of dollars to be made. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. And, you know, and, and, and so if this, so if this, let's just say this child, I, I don't know the backstory. Mm. I'm just sort of speculating. But if he's making enough money at home via streaming. What if he's not making any money? Well, what if he's just lazy and his mum's enabling him? Well, you know, that's. Th- no, I can't use that because I want you to feed me. <laughs> I'll just be enabling you and I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I, I don't want to be the crutch to your to your disease. You need to stand on your own two legs without the crutch. Uh, oh. I got you again, Kira. It didn't work. Uh, the 37-year-old massage therapist mum uh, told the newspaper that she and her husband decided to have their grade 8 student drop out of school this year due to his condition. Which is online gaming. Online gaming. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it is so bad that he doesn't eat. She tried disciplining her son by nagging and spanking him. But that did not work. <laughs> wow. Who would have thought? 
She tried to make him do household chores for a minimal fee. But nothing happened. So she has given up and is now feeding him while he online games. Is video game addiction an actual addiction? So it's not in the diagnostic criteria. I didn't think it was. But it's in the back of the diagnostic criteria, which has sort of said, this thing is occurring. We don't really have any research on it to put it in the diagnostic criteria. But hey, research world... Look into it. Look into it. I mean, this is the and then we might we might add it I in. Mean, is this the same sort of thing? Like, I know that you know many politicians have come out and said, "Oh, video games is you know teaching kids how to be bad and this and that, and the, you know, and do violent things." Like, you know, playing vi- violent video games causes you to be violent. Violent video games doesn't cause you to be violent, and that's and that's exactly right. Like, it's it a huge leap. It's a right? huge leap, exactly right. And like, th- there's. There was no studies, and then the studies came out, and they basically said everything contrary to what people thought. It's like watching violent films. Like violent films aren't going to make no. They don't. What What happens though is they just they don't they don't. It's almost like um, I would say get your shit done, yeah, and then game to your heart's content. I was gonna my I like. Not that I was addicted to video games, but like there was a, definitely a reward system with with my mum. Yeah, they'd be like, "Okay, you have to do your homework and help clean up, and you got to practice guitar, and then you can play like you know an hour of video games." Mm. And if you did all those, like you could see that reward. Yeah, sort of uh, stuff. which is great. But what what tend to happens, right? You got these people who come in and play video games, and then they don't do the things that they need to do. Yeah, right. And and it's sort of a, it, it's this philosophy of like. Get this, get your shit done, and then watch TV, mm. and you reward yourself by going, "I've done what I need to do." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but they 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 build up this, um, they like, become stronger and stronger, and the video games become more reinforcing that they're getting reinforced to not do the shit that they need to do. Yeah, yeah. And then they find it really difficult to go like, "Oh, I've got to do my washing, and I've got to cook, and I've got mm. to eat," and then they they just can't live, and then they they don't build up those you know those skills. Well, I think more, and, so, so, and I think, and this may not, may or may not be true, but this is something that I've sort of noticed that the people that play more video games than other than others hmm. are a little bit less resilient in the way that they conduct themselves. Yeah, it's only because I find that uh, look, I'm going to compare playing an instrument or a sport to playing video games. To, if you play an in, learn to play an instrument or play a sport, it takes you that 10,000 hours mm. to become, I guess, com- really competitive. Yeah. Competitive enough where you can enjoy yourself. Mm. You know, like, it took me two years of playing guitar as a kid to sort of get to a stage where you go, actually, some of this is really clicking. Yeah. Or, like, you know, you, you need to play sport with other people and do, like, you know, get yourself to a fitness level mm. and, and a skill level and understanding of the game and, the, and everything like that. Whereas a video game, most games are, you know, games are meant to be, Put the cartridge in, put the CD in, put the turn the computer on, and play, and it's that instant gratification. Yeah. Over, you know, prolonged gratification where you you could see ten thousand hours of work to play. Like you know, I I have to sit down if I wanted to learn a bunch of songs. Mm. I have to sit there and, and learn it, and it takes me half an hour to play a three minute song, and then to get it perfect, to play it perfect every single time, it takes you know, additional time. Whereas a video game, you can get that same sort of satisfaction within a couple of minutes. And I think that's actually had a real big detriment to a lot of people 
who do play video games on a very consistent basis. It's all good. It's like it's, it's an entertainment tool. Yeah, oh, and I think it, that's I think that's a big thing. But it's get your get your shit done and then play. Exactly. Um, and it's it's an interesting it's an interesting component because um, when you turn around, so it's like I said, it's fascinating working with like um, first year university students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because some of them are like, oh, but th- that's one student said to me the other day, like, oh, but that's unrealistic. And I was like, and I actually stopped them. I'm like, hang on a second. I've got four mature age mums in this that yeah. have got kids. And I just said to them, is this unrealistic with your workload and what you have to do? Yeah. They're like, no. And I was like, you can make time. Yeah, exactly right. I'm like, if they've got kids and making time, like you can... You, yeah, you, it's, yeah. It's a, but then it's also a skill set. Time management such a skill set that takes, a, I think, does take a long time to build up. And it, uh, as much as it can be taught, it's because you need to know your own limitations hmm. and you need to know when to push yourself. That's it. And I think that, you know, most young Some kids, people just go, I'll, I'll just set a larger margin of error yeah. around my time. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of margin of error, yeah. I, it's, I'm going to have a bit of a rant here. Fantastic. And I hope that you feel the same. So I've been feeling a little bit under, under the weather lately. And mm-hmm. so is Jess. Are you sick? Are you unwell? What's wrong? You know, I'm better. Okay. I'm better. I, did, I felt like a cold coming on. Jess yeah. and I played a gig recently down at the Palling Brothers down mm-hmm. in Heathcote. And mm-hmm. we were really excited. We're doing all this work, singing and playing music and, yeah. you know, straight home into rehearsal, doing all that sort of thing and getting ready for the show and stuff. And, of course, the week before we're about to play the show, we both get that tickle in our throats. Uh-oh. And we're like, oh, fucking hell. It always happens. Yeah. So like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go straight to the pharmacy. Let's get some cold and flu. Let's get some some vitamins. Let's get let's get let's, the strongest antibiotics. Yeah, that's right. Let's yep. just let's just kick it off. Like fuck it. Like you know, the only thing you can do is go through our system and make a shit of football. You know, because we've taken too many uh, too much paracetamol or something like that. You shit a football, you're fine. As long as my throat's fine. As long as there's no blockage in my ER. As long as there's no headaches, I can play through the show. And we did. It was great. But we went to the pharmacy. De- Jess also had to pick up some other medication for herself. And I won't go into that. But I want to know, and this is what my rant is. Why the fuck do pharmacists take so long to give you the drugs that is in your prescription? You go in there mm-hmm. and it's like, here is my prescription. You are, you are stopping me from getting to my drugs. Not only do I have a note from the doctor saying, I actually need these things. And, you, you know, people go, oh, but they count it out. No, they don't. Because it's usually just in a box. <laughs> or it's, it's, it's in like a, it's in a bottle. Oh, they need to like, you know, make, I used to think as a kid, they used to make the medicine back there. That's why, ah, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. And this, like, you know, obviously I learned that they don't. They just literally it's like take a, the things to, off the box. It's like a library. Have you ever tried to find a book? I can't. Right. The last time I was, I used It takes up, a while. you got to go, oh, it's in this section, and then you've got to be looking closer. I'm sorry. It's like a library. It takes a long time to find a book, unless you're a librarian, which is pretty no, fast. No, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> Wait a second. These are the librarians of the medicine cabinet. <laughs> they put it in the spot. I'm sure they have a very similar system to the Derek. But uh, they've got to check and double check. And what? look, the world rushes too much. It is quicker for someone to go, 
I would like a pack of cigarettes <laughs> than it is for me to get my medically prescribed drugs from a pharmacist. I I reckon sometimes it's quicker to order a pizza from Domino's. Do you know what it is? And get it delivered. I think they want you to... You're so bored that you walk around the pharmacy and you buy other shit. And that's exactly what we did. I was very disappointed in myself. It's we, look. We're like, ready. I've got these things, but they haven't they haven't gone around yet and gone. Oh, that's I need that. They yeah. haven't done that, so we'll just and wait girl, for them. Girls, girls love pharmacies. Have you ever noticed that? The pharmacy. Yeah. Oh, because like, they've got like, all the vitamins like, and they've got well, all no, the. Well, no, no, because girls go. They have the... shoe inserts in there. No, nah, no, nah, you know what? Sometimes it... you might be able to find cinnamon shoe inserts. Uh, you've talked about these about fifty episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> go back and listen to that one. No, but I think that. They, they, I think women really love the pharmacy. Like, Jess will specifically go to Priceline. Oh. And, like, you know, they've got makeup there and stuff like that. But she, like, gl- if I go into a pharmacy, I think I'm sick. You know what I mean? Like, I've come yeah. from the doctor, I've gone to the pharmacy to pick up that. I might pick up some jelly beans. Oh, yeah, the yeah, jelly beans. The jelly beans yeah, are good. Yeah, the jelly beans are good, yeah. Um. But that's it. But they go in. I think all girls. It's like girls going into like the two dollar shops. I think they get really excited. I see when I shop. Right, I like the nighttime shopping when yeah. thirty minutes and the place is closed and the store person is like, "Oh, good, no more customers. I'm going to pack everything up." Bam! I get in there, but I'm in and I'm out. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like I'm like, you know, gone. Yeah. The pharmacy. I I don't. I don't register the other shit. I'm just like, give me what I need, and then I'm out. Yeah, but th- th- that's what I mean. Like, I'm exactly the same, and I'm just like, I right, I need my drugs. I need them now, because I want to go. Hmm. So I've got to walk all the way to the back of the pharmacy to fill out this prescription, this l- literal do- note from the doctor saying, this boy is good enough for more for, for stronger drugs, and it takes forever, and then I still have to walk all the way back, pay for it, and leave. I'm very frustrated. This should, this should be... I, I, look, I understand there's a lot of... You've got to be very smart to be uh, a pharmacist. Like, there's lots of information. They're, you know, they're, they're highly qualified. They've got, lots of de- they've got a very good degree, all that sort of thing. But that takes you fucking long. This is a, this is a the customer service aspect of their job. He's low. <laughs> like, I'm, like, they I should can just get- Amazon it. It should just be automated... I don't understand. Grab, you know, you if, know. if McDonald's can go from taking my order, making all the food that I want, to, to the time I drive my car around and pay for it, why can't they give me drugs off the shelf that are slightly stronger and tick a box and pass it off to me? That is a very excellent oh. question, Turch. You should open a pharmacy. No, I don't... You can call it, like, in and out <laughs> And all I sell is condoms. <laughs> That's it. Oh. That would have been, there was a condom uh, story, but I, I didn't bring it in. You didn't bring it in. That would have been the perfect segue. Well, I try my best. But what have you got for us, Kieran? What have you got this for this year? For this, this year? This, this episode. This episode. Well, the world's first vagina museum opens this fall in the United Kingdom. Oh, how, how fantastic. <laughs> Uh, Florence Schetcher is set to open the first bricks and mortar vagina museum in the UK. And yes, there is already a penis museum. Yes. The vagina museum will be a curation of the, well, you know, studies that are gender inclusive and intersectional. 
I found well, out that there was a penis museum in Iceland, which is yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I've, I've seen, there was, oh, I saw a picture of it ages ago, and the guy has the largest collection of, um, uh, what's it called? Penises. Yeah, penises, but they've been like... Um, 3D'd? No, not 3D'd, like, uh, like stuffed. What's stuffed, right? Whoa! Yeah, they're like, uh, they're like what's, the, what's the word where you get an animal that's passed away and they sort of put them into the... Mm. Uh, like, I can't remember, but continue, continue. Well, they said that there was no vagina equivalent anywhere in the world. They go, there is an art gallery in Tasmania, uh, Mona, and there's a virtual museum based in Austria. But there was no physical museum that I could go visit. And I thought that was really unfair. So, basically, she just made one. And now it's going to be a bit different. Ours is going to have exhibitions about the science, the history, and the social aspect. The, the history of the vagina. <laughs> <laughs> and it developed from monkeys <laughs> into what it is today. Uh, I found a fact out about vaginas. Yeah. Apparently, the clitoris yeah. on uh, it can be... A, as large as 10 centimetres long. Really? I'm like, that... Well, that needs to go into the museum. That needs to go into the museum. I learned that from... uh, I think this will be popular with teenage boys. No, because I don't think teenage boys are... Maybe. But I I don't think teenage boys... I don't think the vagina is what... like. I I think if they did a tits museum, Hmm. then it would be like, yeah, in. You know? Then you can put pictures of celebrities' tits. You could do... Basically, it's the Playboy... (laughs) <laughs> playboy uh playboy you know mansion but yeah i think i don't know i think a museum of vaginas i probably wouldn't go but there you go i probably wouldn't go to the dick museum either yeah but we would go to the vagina museum because it would be like hey there's 10 of us let's go to <laughs> let's just go there <laughs> this is the weirdest strip club ever <laughs> <laughs> the vaginas are on the wall <laughs> Maybe they should do one of those breakout <laughs> rooms, you know, the escape rooms, but it's the, you know, vagina escape room and the penis escape room. and That'd be pretty weird. <laughs> the the penis one, you would just have to, like, jack off the wall <laughs> and then you could just escape with all the rest of the semen, you know? The vagina one, you'd be rubbing for, for years, you know? <laughs> just to get that one excited. Yeah. Well, we are doing an escape room later on uh, next month. We are. And, and that's going to be... And uh, I'm looking uh, forward to the people that I'm going to be in the room with because... Well, it's all of us. Well, I know. I know. But um, aren't the, we doing the, the Atlas in Wonderland when we're in two different rooms? Uh, yeah. So we're doing... So we're so, going to be broken up into two yeah, different so we're teams? Doing, we're, we're going to be doing one... I'm going to be team captain of my group. Well, we're going to be doing um, one where we're, there's, there's two groups and then we're going to solve puzzles enough to meet up in the middle. Yeah. So in the group that I'm in, I'm going to be team captain. It's very exciting. Uh, and which is to manage everyone, right? Not to solve the problems. That's why I've got a team of people to do that. So my job is to make sure everyone's fine. But I'm sort of going to run it like a psych experiment. So I'm going to egg everyone on <laughs> and like create conflict and fights. I hope everyone that's going to do it with us is listening to this part right, <laughs> right? now. because of me. And so that's going to be hilarious. Um, and, you know, my thing is not to stress in these no, situations. No, it's fine. It's but be to fun. provoke stress for my entertainment. <laughs> you know, I've done one of these with, with a number of people. I've done it with uh, with Jess's family a couple mm-hmm. of times and, and stuff like that. And I've done it with my family. Yeah, right. And my mum, who's a very bright person, mm. um, you know, teacher and stuff like that, 
when it came to these rooms, um, she's not very. She, she has very lateral thinking. She mm. has very logical thinking. Mm. So, you know, so, but so when my brother got in, who's you know studying microbiology and all that sort of stuff, and so he was just like, "No, that's not the answer. It's this," because he's just got that logical brain. Yeah, right. So he got in and just like. Do you want the answer yet? I like, got it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like, what? <laughs> so it was pretty good. Uh, no, well, f- fair enough. Fair enough. It was pretty fun. But speaking of vaginas. Yes. I've got some really sad news. And oh. I thought maybe we could discuss this just a little bit and talk about some of the other things I've bought in the past mm-hmm. and see how it all relates. Okay. So the number of American adults not having sex reaches the all-time high, a report says. There's an alarming new trend occurring beneath the sheets, and the graph has illustrated how rife the problem is becoming. So the Washington Post analyzed the latest data from the General Social Survey that found that 23% of adults, or nearly one in four, had not had sex in the past year, and a large number of them were 20-something-year-old men. The analysis found that since 2008, the percentage of men under 30 reporting no sex had nearly tripled, to 28 percent 20 from from so three they're years gaming ago. that's they're gaming <laughs> they With are the gaming increased report that women in the same age bracket found that 18 percent of women between the age of 18 and 30 reported no sex in the last year yeah so like almost like a, tr- a triple for men in the past 10 years wow and, a, and a, almost a double almost a double no eight percent increase yeah so huge huge numbers of increases of people not having no under in our age group yeah sex is like the best yeah (laughs) that's one of the reasons why you put up with women (laughs) (laughs) lesbians you know what i'm talking about (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, so uh, look, so, I, so more people in their 20s don't have a live-in partner, said one of the professors. So under those circumstances, uh, circumstances, I think less sex is going to happen. Uh, finding that young men are more likely to live with their parents than young, uh, than young women is also a factor. It, uh, and they stated, when you're living at home, it's probably harder to bring sexual partners to your bedroom. Uh, there's also, like you said, more things happening... I, I also uh, think I also think there's a shift here, right? Where, um, you, you sort of you, you you look at the older adults; they had moved out at eighteen or twenty. Yeah, this is right? what this study was and saying. They had grown more like independence, or just they had to do shit. Yeah, they had to get shit done, mm. right? And just have grown up, right? Whereas there's this sort of this well, we live at home, and not everyone, but no. it, it, it's this. There is this sort of like lack of maturity uh in a sexual sense uh, overall yeah and I, it goes back to what we we're talking about before that instant gratification it's a it's it's i guess it's difficult to, for, for uh, not difficult but like you know there's definitely a challenge and a definitely a way like there's effort that needs to be put in to persuade someone to have sex with you and i and i feel like there's less social interaction yeah, so that was another thing the study said. That because, said because of, of video games, technology, yeah. this and that, people living at home more, and because that's easy just to whack on Netflix, watch porn, porn's another big one, mm. stuff like that. Look, all I'm going to say is uh, you can definitely have sex at your parents' house, because I've definitely done it before. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, you know, obviously. <laughs> 
So I'm definitely keeping the numbers higher for my age group. Well, I'm very proud of you too. And how are you going? I should give you a gold medal. You should. Yeah. Well, you just want to. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I've got... Uh, I'm on the Tinder. You're on the Tinder. Tinder. But being up in Ballarat, which is a small town, right? Yeah. So I've got a different profile picture. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't want my students. <laughs> That's fair. Well, you know, there's a conflict of interest there that I'm sure we can... There's a lawsuit that we can all avoid. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's a bit of bit of fun, bit of fling, so... Are, are you helping us keep up the numbers? I mean, you know, you've only been there for a couple of months, so you've had another nine months or so to sort of keep those numbers up. How, how are your... Are you tracking well? Look, I think uh, Ballarat, I'm an asset... <laughs> Compared to what you were in Watsonia. (laughs) Well, Watsonia was a retirement village, really. There was no... There wasn't the... Also an asset then. (laughs) (laughs) A rarity. (laughs) A diamond in the rough. (laughs) So, no, going going all right. Going Going all right. That's good. Look, I think that it's important... Like, sex is a very important thing as a human. It is. Because, like, like, us and, like, I think bonobo apes and... Uh, dolphins, dolphins yeah. are the only ones that like have sex for enjoyment rather than just procreation. Mm. And I think more people just just you know get out there and do stuff. But I think you you went back to saying you talk you're talking about Tinder. Mm. Remember those um, OK Cupid stats or eHarmony stats yeah, that are brought yeah, in, yeah. where women are rating men so low. And men are just doing it in the bell curve. Yeah. I've read some other stats somewhere and I hadn't brought them in because I couldn't find the proper link to them. But they were just saying... Um, Tinder recently did a joke, practical joke, for April Fool's. Oh, right. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if you saw this one, but that's okay. Um, and I actually hate corporate April Fool's jokes. I'm gonna, uh-huh. They used to be funny, but now they're not. But Tinder did this practical joke where they said, we're going to introduce... Um, for men, a height calculator. So you, now you have to verify your height. What? Yeah. So because men were like lying about their height, saying that they were taller than they were, and this and that. Mm. Because, and a lot of men got up in arms about it. Obviously, a practical joke, which is great. But some stats came out saying that women definitely prefer prefer men over a certain height. Yeah. And there was a definite money trend that men could have that, let's just say you were, yeah, I think like they, most women wanted someone over like five foot 11 or at least six foot, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think like six foot one, which, mm. is, still, which is pretty tall. It's, it's my height. You know, but if you, earn, but if you were shorter than that, you could earn a certain value mm. more than mm. the per, than, than, uh, than like the standard and then, like the shorter you got, if you as long as you earn more money, it you're fine. It. Oh wow! And it, but it also worked for taller guys. So there was like that bell curve sort yeah. of thing, where the taller they were, they were almost too tall. So if they earned more money, it worked out in that balance. Yeah, right. So I don't know as much as guy people say that guys are really shallow in this and that. It very much seems that. Women are very shallow 
Oh, like, we're all fucking shallow. I think so. You know, I think I read like, you know, girl, girls go like, you know, he's got to be tall and this and that. And the guys just focus on the hips to waist ratio. <laughs> it's like this golden ratio. And I can't remember it off the top of my head where if most guys are attracted to a certain hip to waist ratio. And if that happens, mm-hmm. most that, that woman most likely would be attracted to them because that's what that, you know, instinct is. Mm. Of going, that's going to be a good person for childbirthing, which means they'll be able to procreate with them well and have the child and stuff like that. Mm. I just ranked yeah, on women for like a good ten minutes. But then there's just one night stands. Yeah, well, exactly right. But you know, it's I think it's it, if you're living with your parents, it's very hard to do a one night stand. No, I don't think so. I just think it depends on on the, the how you've grown up about sex, whether it is yeah. considered to be shameful. Like you don't talk about it, like, or whether it's like, hey, this is a natural thing, go knock yourself oh, look, out. I don't think I, I don't talk about. It. I never talk to my still don't really talk about sex to my parents. Yeah, um, but there, there is that element of like, um, yeah, for some people, it's just like, oh, we wouldn't dare. Like, would you? Like, do you talk to like you know, if uh, you had a one night stand with someone, would you tell your parents or your dad or, you know, probably your dad would be the most comfortable with, just because yeah. you know it's your dad. But yeah, um, so I wouldn't. I would. Uh, it wouldn't be something I would discuss with those of my dad. It's not. It's we. My family's never like discussed, like, yeah. gone into those those like, intimate details. But there's other families, yeah, that, that do. do do that. And you know what? Even in our circle of friends, and you know, um, we've got uh, all kinds. Which reminds you, when I was doing like my, I started my PhD, which was on autism and sexuality. I'm there talking to like my supervisors, yeah, and going. We're talking about masturbation, and we're talking about it's funny all these things, right? But very seriously, and yeah. But it's different. It's a different and, context. And you sort of like, but when I was like having those conversations, part of me in my brain was going, oh, like I should be like going, hee, 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 hee. yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, yeah, it's con- this- it's contextual. No, but this is a this is. I'm like, oh yeah, this is a very like. It wasn't that long, and it was very. Yeah, I could just talk about it in a very. Yeah, like yeah, it's we're doing natural. it like that now. It's I mean, natural. Really. It's healthy. You know, go for it type yeah. type thing. Well, we're doing it like, like that, talking now. But like you know, I, even with our mates, we don't really talk about. I don't. Know, I, don't I don't think we don't. It's a different kind of culture, I guess, maybe. But there's still that underlying in the culture. There's still that underlying, like it's that you talk about it, but you don't quite talk about it. But you only talk about it with certain people. Yeah. And yeah, th- there's rules that you've got to sort of follow, unwritten rules, and and then when you have more alcohol, that those rules change. Rules yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's, uh, yeah. Well, there you go. So look, people, uh, start fucking. <laughs> it's a simple one. Start fucking and, and use some level of protection. Of course. Yeah. Always use protection. Only cause you know, you don't want kids. Well, Not yet. going from fucking to fucking themselves, Arkansas men in bulletproof vests shoot each other after a <laughs> night of drinking and invent an elaborate cover story. That's fantastic. Go, go, go. The good news is that the bulletproof vests worked. Yeah. Oh, the Kevlar vests are <laughs> incredible. <laughs> it's only for certain calibers, though. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. But two Arkansas men could still be in legal jeopardy after a night of drinking led them to test the vests by shooting at each other. The 50 and 36-year-old were arrested after they showed up to hospital complaining of chest pain. <laughs> Not wanting to reveal the truth. Hang on. So I go bang, I shoot you. Yeah. You're down. Like yeah. that hurts. 
You gotta yeah. then get up and shoot me. Yeah, it's like one for one. It's I'm, like like those things on Facebook. Would you kick your like? You know, I've break shot up. a handgun before. Yeah, they're not fucking accurate. There's no. a lot of margin of error. Yeah. Oh, that's because you're a shit shot. <laughs> no, it's true. There's a lot of margin of error yeah, with that sort yeah, of. But like I... you know, I think it's over a certain distance anyway. Handguns only have a certain distance of shot. Yeah. Like you know, maybe they were standing far away enough and stuff like that, and not a bad shot. But drunk, you know, drunk shooting, pretty good. Well, the story is. Ferris told authorities he'd been paid $200 to protect an asset, quotation marks there, whom he followed into the woods. Uh, Ferris reportedly said that while in the woods at about 10 p.m., the pair met a third man who approached the asset and prompted a gunfight. Cops say (laughs) Ferris claimed to have been struck six times while returning fire and finally driving away with the asset. Ferris allegedly said the asset dropped him off at his vehicle and the 50-year-old then dumped his weapons and drove to hospital. But officials say Ferris went from looking like 007 to just looking like Zero when his (laughs) wife showed up at the hospital and spilled the beans. That's fantastic. I'm just thinking of the story. It was an asset. I'm thinking like Pulp Fiction when they open up the suitcase. Yeah. It's like the MacGuffin of the story. Like, it sort of sparks the story, but it's not real. Like, there's actually nothing in there. It's all very exciting. Have you ever been paintballing before? I have been paintballing. You've been shot by a paintball then? I got shot. Yeah. Uh, Paintballing was fine, but um, I got shot in the back of the neck. Because there's there's protocols about when to shoot, and someone just... There was someone... I don't know who it was, because it was like four different groups. And someone was just not... Paying attention. Like paying it, didn't follow the rules of like if they're too close, don't shoot. Ugh. Like um, the people that don't follow the, yeah. follow the rules, and I got shot in the back of the neck, and I just ended up with this headache and just pulled yeah. out. Like I was, I had, I had a bad experience paintballing. Oh. I was I had a pretty good experience paintballing, and it was close up in the back of the neck oh, as well. That's bad. Yeah, that would have bruised pretty. Oh, pretty it nasty. did. It did, and that's what I was going to say. Like you know, because like imagine a bullet's going to be tougher. It's going to leave a bigger bruise than a paintball. And paintball's pretty fucking, mm. like, you know. I, I actually got shot right on one of my ass cheeks a whole day. I was great. Like, this was, like, when I was, like, 18, 19. Yeah. And I went with a group of guys and, and, they, and their partners and stuff like that. And the girls were on one team. The guys were on another. And the girls did not hit anything all day. And the only shot they fucking hit was right on my ass. So right on my, on my right ass cheek, there was this one giant... Um, purple mark. All right, but it was also one of my mate's birthdays that day, so they had he had to run, and yeah. everyone had to shoot him. Shoot him, and yeah, he came yeah. and had a whole body full of oh, fantastic, of purple sort of stuff. Maybe we should do that as well. But I know Australia has its budgetary problems. Yes, but I think Nigerians. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're fucking rich. All well, the scams that they've been doing. Well. I think that they might have even bigger problems than us. <laughs> this literally just came out. Breaking news. The super rich Nigerians are ordering <laughs> pizza from London and having delivered by British Airways, a government minister is saying. Wow. Amazing. Do you want to hear the clip? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me pull this one up. So this is just one of those things, right? Yeah, it's recording. So I saw this story and I'm like, this is amazing. Here we, here we go. 
imagine like <laughs> Domino's Pizza being delivered by super who rich the, people? Who the fuck is ordering pizza? <laughs> you gotta order shit from. That's a. I took. I don't know that's how. That's a fucking expensive. If, order something better. Yeah. Yeah. Or fucking. If you're spending that much money, make a fucking pizza shop. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's a 20-hour flight, right? Yeah. I can't imagine it being warm. <laughs> I there. You know, Domino's, I don't think they go, oh, it was, you know, more than 30 minutes and your pizza's free. I can't imagine that sort of... So, yeah. so But that was Nigeria's Minister for <laughs> Agriculture. <laughs> <laughs> and last week, you stated the wealthy sins ordering pizza from London, having them delivered back home on British Airways. Um, and this is within this gentleman's comments as Nigeria is trying to cut down on its reliance on imports, uh, which are seen as a status symbol. And the re- the biggest reason why he wants us to cut, he wants the Nigerians to stop ordering in very expensive pizzas mm. from British Airways was because these import imports were harming the local farmers. <laughs> you know, like Australians, they're like, oh, gotta gotta support the farmers. Yeah, gotta put- yeah, yeah. Nigerians are the Australians <laughs> of Africa. Gotta support the farmers. Gotta, gotta support, support the farmers. Can't have pizza from yeah from Britain. No. Um, Why would you get it from Britain? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so it just says it's a stat- social status thing for people there, but. Going on, I saw that video and I was clicking through. I wanted to see like there was a longer clip, but that's the sh- that's short enough. It's like mm. you know, because there was a four minute clip, and then I saw another video, and the video headline was <laughs> uh, Nigerian. The same gentleman here, the the minister of agriculture, complains that Nigerians are importing four point six billion dollars worth of toothpicks. <laughs> And I'm like, four point six billion dollars of toothpicks. Is this Nigerian dollars or yeah. like? No, I don't know. What's the exchange rate? I don't know. But all I'm saying is, four point six billion dollars of toothpicks. That's something I saw. I don't know how true it is. I just saw the headline. But I'm just this like, minister is fantastic. He's on, he's on the fucking money. But did you know what my favorite part of that clip was? What he's talking and I. I he, that other guy that's there had the dopiest look on his face. Did yeah. you see that one? Yeah, I saw that. Oh, I, I, all I could see, like, it was almost was, like it was the look was almost like, oh my god, oh, here he goes again. Yeah, it's actually the thumbnail for the for the video. Uh, look at this! Look at this guy's face. It's so good. That's that's the face of a man. That's like, what the hell is my job? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I've got to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh. So we've had the Australian budget. We've had the Nigerians give us some issues. But look, worst comes to worst. They can just... Um, and I guarantee our listeners, we will keep you up to date on the Australian so, well, federal election. Because <laughs> we're about to get into the election mode. We'll have all of it covered here. I'm very impressed, right? Because now... I want to find every fuck up from every politician. It's going to be that's, really fun. Well, that's your... well. Pauline Hanson's got a lot. <laughs> Number one. But I'm really excited now to get an email from a Nigerian scammer. Oh. Think about it, right? Yeah. Hello, sir. We need you to de- we need to deposit some money into your account. This time. You can just go, look, you give me the money and I'll buy you a pizza. 
<laughs> I'll send it over from England. Oh, fresh. The freshest. Oh. oh, you know what? I'll even take it from the Italy. Probably takes it. Yeah, Italy would be like... Oh, uh, no. If you're going to do that. <laughs> if you're going to get... Pe- and it's closer. It's literally it closer. And it's from Italy. The place of... Pe- the birthplace of pizza. Oh, you can't just... you can't take people anywhere. D- and Domino, did they say Domino's? No, no, I just uh, oh. just sort of said Domino's. Like you know, if you're ordering a pizza from Domino's and then they get it, like how much is a? F- where I want to know where they put the pizza. First class. Like, <laughs> like you wouldn't be putting it in the carousel <laughs> with luggage. How do they transport food? How does it escape customs? <laughs> These There's are, so many questions. These are excellent questions. You should be a politician, Turch. Well, you know what? I was actually going to write a whole bit about what I would do if I was running for prime minister. If, what would be if my we platform? end up in politics, I don't care what happens, right? But I want us to be on opposite parties. Yeah, okay. Right? Because you'll get up and say something, and then I'm just going to get up there and go, that is absolute bullshit. Rubble, 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 rubble. And then we'll just have so much fun. It'll be great. Well, you know, I was going to write this whole bit about me running for Prime Minister and, and yeah. what my platform would be. Uh-huh. And um, the first thing I wrote, because these are basically all the things I wanted to rant about that I didn't have enough material on. So it was just like, um, politicians, instead of saying free, they have to say the taxpayer paid for. <laughs> like, that would be like a rule change I would do. But then things like this, like, I would like, my platform is, I'm banning one play toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, movie tickets must come with a medium-sized popcorn. <laughs> and the uh, we tomato are- sauce is free. Free, yeah, yeah. Uh, no coloured pens, only black, blue, and red. That's it. I don't want any pinks. <laughs> Who uses green? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who uses green on all the four pens? <laughs> Green is green. never used. What my, is green for? My mum's a teacher. She yeah. corrects things all the time. She never uses the green. <laughs> what do you use the green for? <laughs> Blue or black? Yeah. And red for and headings red. or and correction. Red. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what a plat- you, You've never been more <laughs> accepting of a politician. You're just like, that is the best platform. <laughs> coloured pen, no coloured pens. No one play toilet paper. Free popcorn with the movie ticket. And ta- people now have to say instead of... Uh, Tax instead of free, taxpayers funded. Taxpayer funded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like taxpayer funded healthcare uh, is going to rise, or you know, yeah. we'll be giving out uh, taxpayer funded benefits. Now, as a full taxpayer of this system, uh, I did say to this off off the air. Mm. But my God, I am sick of paying tax. I we had this conversation a while back, oh, look, you know where what, I though? said where you, you were like, we should if we want to use it, we should pay like pay for it. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's a good system. Well, I, well, I wasn't paying tax, right? I was like, no, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Now that I'm paying tax, I'm like, no, I'm not using it. Why am I paying tax for it? I don't want to, I don't want my hard earned money going to that. No, stuff that. Wow. You've become libertarian overnight. <laughs> I don't fucking use the roads. <laughs> I don't pay for the roads. <laughs> I only use a select part of the roads. That's all I care about. Um, I completely agree. I've said this for many years. <laughs> it's funny, like I had, uh, I've always known people. Maybe because I studied finances and that, and I'm just like taxes, crap. I hate it. I hate paying as much taxes we do. It's too many taxes, la la. And the more that people get full time jobs and they work and they do stuff, and suddenly it's just like from, oh, everyone deserves free money. 
you know, taxpayer funded free money. And then suddenly the older they get, <laughs> it's like, people can go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Own their own fuck. Go work at McDonald's or something. Oh. You know, very important. Oh. Yeah. That's all. What's important? Not paying taxes. Oh, okay. That's why accountants get paid so much. Because they know the rules of how to help you not pay as much tax. Which is fantastic. Uh, important important people. They, important yeah, people. They, they are. Stop talking yourself up. <laughs> I haven't been an accountant for a while. I just, I just know a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. How are we doing for time over there, Well, Kip? we're at an hour. Oh, oh. Well, how about we wrap this this bad boy up then? Yeah, it's lovely to have you back in the studio. It's oh, always thank you very much, and uh, um, and I'm sure that this episode will come out right on time because you know you're editing it this week, and well, you'll be listening to it, and it is out on time. Oh, of course, it is. I'm very <laughs> impressed. But you know, for all the lovely wankers out there, uh, make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, if you'd like to send us some hate, look, mail, just pick one, right? Pick one. Follow us on that. The next week, pick the next one. Don't have to do them all at once. If you do it all at once, yeah, uh, save yourself some effort later on. And you don't forget. Well, there you go. Once. Okay. But, and you know what? If they would like to send us some hate mail, a death threat or a rant, you can contact us on all of those social media or you can record it on your phone or send us an email. Like at- in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Which that episode just came out. Um, and send it to us at we only do one take podcast at Gmail. Dot com. Kieran, thank you so much for coming back into the studio. Thank you very much. And we will see all you lovely wankers next Thursday. Warm in here. Yeah. Ah, oh, I didn't do a whole thing. Apparently, for thirty years, novelty Garfield phones have been washing up on French beaches, and now they know why. Oh, why? Um. Apparently, there's like this shipping container that was like hidden underwater under a cave, <laughs> and enough, and uh, full of these phones, and eventually, every so often, like one just would appear, would appear, and stuff like that. Pretty neato. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to edit that bit and it's going to be like, why? Well, I'll do it. And then I'm going to cut it. (laughs) (laughs) And pick it up from here. Pick it up from here. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why the Garfield phones kept rocking up. That is fascinating. Unbelievable. So good. Uh, That's enough.